looking to start a podcast but don't know where to begin? Look no further. The team at Dodge Media Productions has 20 years of experience as podcast listeners and observing the industry and eight years experience in podcast production. We can help you take your podcast from idea to fruition and we'll make the process seamless and easy. We'll help you with everything from recording and editing to hitting the charts on Apple Podcasts. So what are you waiting for? Contact us today and let's get started. DodgeMediaProductions.com You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts, so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. This is episode 154, and I'm just going to plug our film festival once again. We would really love to have as many films as possible for those awesome judges to look at and critique, and maybe even you'll be selected to appear. And so look in the show notes for the information of where to submit. You can do it on filmfreeway.com. And we have a code for anyone under the age of 18 can submit a student film for free. Use the code HFF under 18. And that also will be in the show notes. So check that out and take advantage of that or share it with a student filmmaker that you know or spread the word. Pass it along. Thank you. All right. Today we are going to talk about Rocky. It's directed by John Advilson. In 84, he did The Karate Kid. In 90, he did Rocky V. So he took a little bit of a rocky break, apparently. (laughs) It was a rocky relationship. (laughs) Dad joke. Dad joke. And in 89, he did Karate Kid Part 3. So he also took a little. So he did not do the Hillary Swank one, right? Wasn't she? I think she was four. Oh, okay. Nope, he didn't do that one either. The film's Rocky stars Sly Stallone, uh, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith. The DP was James Crabb, who did The China Syndrome in 79. And he, ironically, did do uh, Karate Kid Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of flip-flopped there. Rocky was filmed around Philadelphia and L.A. And the writer is Sylvester Stallone. So I was curious, because I had always heard the story, which I will go into in case none of you have heard it. It's really cool. Of him writing this part. And so I was like, did he write anything else after this? Or did this kind of springboard? He wrote a ton. He wrote uh, First Blood in 82. He wrote Staying Alive. Do you remember that movie with John Travolta? Stallone wrote that? Yes. Um, He wrote Rhinestone that he did with Dolly Parton in 84. Right. He wrote Rambo in 85. He wrote Cobra in 86. I thought he, I, I, I don't know about Staying Alive, but yeah, he... He did get writing credits for a lot of his his own films, he which was, I don't think Cobra is one he's as proud of. <laughs> in 87, he did Over the Top, the arm wrestling Arm, arm wrestling, yeah. Uh, 93, Cliffhanger, 2001, Driven, 2010, The Expendables, and he did all of the Creeds. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to go back and, and uh, reconsider staying alive because I, I actually think this is his best work uh-huh. as a writer and probably as an actor. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So the synopsis for this film is a small time Philadelphia boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight the world heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for self respect. 
And I would say that this film is in all ways, except for a couple characters who have the same name, different than the rest of the Rocky and Creed films. This is like a legit, yeah, this is a real actual drama film. Yeah. And then... There was only a, the the fight scene was like the last ten minutes of the film. Yeah, I was just gonna say, kind of jumping ahead, talking about the film itself. You right. mentioned that you didn't realize how much of the film is more about you know, like talk about character development and his story right. and his progression and the love story between and him Adrian, and Adrian, uh-huh, yeah, and not as much of a boxing film. And I think the re- subsequent films obviously people remember it for the boxing. So that's what was emphasized from Rocky two onward. Right. So I've got a, a few taglines for you. All right. Lay on me. You have a ringside seat for the bloodiest bicentennial in history. No, not even accurate. <laughs> nope. Nope. Meet the Italian stallion, a small time guy with big time guts who yearns to be a hero just once. I think your tone conveys exactly how that one lands. <laughs> He's a has-been battler with one dream left and one last chance. Okay. All right. You like that one? Yeah, that's my favorite uh, so far. Okay. A Philadelphia fighter. I like the alliteration there, even though they don't Different start. letters, but yeah. Philadelphia fighter. A Philadelphia fighter who never made the big time. He showed he could take on a challenge and won something bigger than a championship bout. Way too wordy. It's way too wordy, but that one kind of alludes to, because the thing he won that was bigger is the love of Adrian. And the respect yeah. right, that he was so looking for. So that one's for. a little bit more to the movie, but yes, you were right. Yeah. A true hero goes all the way. That sounds like that porn film he was in before he made this. <laughs> His whole life has been a million to one shot. Now Rocky Balboa is about to show the world that he's one in a million. Nope. (laughs) Nope, nope, nobody nope. His whole life was a million to one shot. See, that I I think is bad because there's nothing in the film that establishes it. Rocky doesn't talk about his past. Right. You're so right. Yeah. Okay. So the thing that I, um, inspirational, and this was pointed out to me on a podcast recently, and I didn't exactly know this story. So tell me if you knew this. Sylvester Stallone is newly married. Wife is pregnant with a son. I believe they were living in an apartment and he had $106 in the bank with no car. And he actually was trying to sell his dog because he couldn't afford to feed him. The dog that's in the movie, Rocky. Mm -hmm. And he is offered $350,000 for the rights to Rocky. And he's like, awesome, I'll take it. One condition. I'm going to play Rocky. And they were like, nope, you're nobody. Nobody's heard of you. You can't. We'll, we'll pay for the rights, the writing rights, but you can't be in the movie. And he said, then no, I'm not doing it. It's a bold move. <laughs> that is. And so they agreed on one condition that he would continue to work as a writer without a fee and he would work as an actor for scale. Yeah. It, 
obviously the gamble paid off. Right. But yeah, I don't know that, that you would have seen that. Now it's interesting. I'd also heard um, over the years, people said, oh, he wrote it, you know, sitting on a peach crate or something. And oh, he wrote it in three days or whatever. But I read in IMDb, they said that while that is true that he wrote the first draft in three days, that there were nine subsequent drafts with substantial revisions, which actually makes tons of sense to me. I mean, that's just how you have to to do it to to get the movie. Right. Yeah. So I mentioned his dog. Apparently, I wonder if Sylvester Stallone is just a big animal lover, kind of like Rocky in the movie. After the ending of the film, Stallone kept the two turtles, Cuff and Link. And as of June of 2020, the turtles are still alive. So good job, Sylvester. He maybe doesn't treat his girls, his girlfriends very well, <laughs> but he treats his turtles outstanding. Burgess Meredith got the part as Mickey because the other actors they considered for the role were insulted that Sylvester Stallone wanted them to read for it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny when I read that trivia, I thought of on uh, Schitt's Creek when Catherine O'Hara says, I'm a little something called offer only. <laughs> And that is interesting, the, the touchiness. And when I first heard of that actor's like, what do you mean I have to audition? I was like, oh, you know, yeah, you know like prima down or whatever. But then the more I go into the process of casting, I could see, yeah, that's a lot of work that you're doing on spec that you'll never or most likely won't get back, right? You're preparing a character, you're memorizing your lines, you're getting your performance down. It's a non-trivial amount of work. But it is funny that who's Sylvester Stallone at that time to ask the you know somebody to, to audition for it? Right. In the Italian version, the name to- of Tony Gazzo's character was changed to Tony Gasco because Gazzo sounds very familiar to an Italian swear word. The word "cazzo" is used in many vulgar expressions that can range from a certain male anatomical part to the equivalent of the F word in English. Which reminds me of, there's a Bugs Bunny gag where instead of saying the French word voila, he says viola, like the the instrument perhaps. Right. However, a friend who speaks French says that in French, viola is not necessarily so nice. So... I've so decided to stop doing the Bugs Bunny bit because now I know people who speak French. And this is interesting, kind of to book in the month of January. Bette Miller was offered the part of Adrian, but she turned it down. So Yeah, I read that in at least the original draft, but earlier drafts, Adrian was a Jewish character, and that makes sense to cast Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. But after having seen Talia Shire's performance, I can't think of Adrian as anyone else. Yeah, right? yeah. All right, kick us off. What's the pickup line for Rocky? Well, unfortunately, I couldn't quite understand what was said. Rocky's corner man in the first fight says, blah, 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 and I thought I heard some action in there somewhere. Uh, I, I have in the foggiest. Okay. Well, so we'll never know. Not really. <laughs> the opening thing I, th- I thought was, or I mean, the opening scene, I thought, where we hear that iconic Rocky anthem, which when people oh, yeah. were hearing it, you know, when audiences heard it, back what I say 1976 when audiences heard it in 1976 it wouldn't have evoked what it did for us oh right now the thing that I didn't even think of until we watched it is from 76 how disco that song is yes 
Yes. And I just remember the strings, but they were disco violins, not classical music violins. No, they were trumpets. Uh, oh, I, I'm thinking not at the opening one, but at the in the end. That's trumpets. That is, yeah. I was thinking of the, like the big swelling when they play the theme at the end. Maybe that, yeah. Is I was thinking. But anyway, I remember hearing violins and, and a groovy bass, and it was like, oh, this is disco. But of course, it was of an era. Yeah, 76. And were they fighting in a church because they panned down from like yep. a mural? As far as I could tell, that's supposed to be the Catholic Church. Why wouldn't it have been in, like, the boxing gym? That's how cheap it was. The movie or... The bout that he was fighting in. Oh, okay. Okay. And And so would the church allow it because they got paid some or something? Yeah. Okay. So I don't really know much about the Catholic Church except what I've seen in movies. But yeah, Father Mulcahy on MASH liked boxing. And I, I, I always thought that they did as a fundraiser. Now... I know that in some areas that are heavily Catholic, that the Catholic Church was kind of like the the uh, uh, social center. Mm-hmm. So that would be, I think, in some communities, kind of like getting the VFW hall for, you know, your amateur boxing night kind of thing. I like it. Um, what? So I loved the cinematography, like um, the opening scenes and maybe it's cause it's winter here in Portland and, and we kind of were experiencing some snowy conditions. I just felt the cold of those streets and the docks and, you know, like the unsavory characters and the L train, it very much evoked that, you know, like when you're poor and mm-hmm. you're just, you're constantly probably cold and hungry. And one of the things I did mention just uh, about kind of, I don't know if this would be qualified or a plot or writing or something that they hung out on street corners when it's minus 10 and yeah, they were clustered around the 55 gallon drum burning garbage. But I said, you know, in 76, we <laughs> certainly didn't have streaming services. We didn't have the internet. Um, I guess what else would you do but hang out, you know, because if you're poor, you probably don't have anything else to do. So you hang out on the street corner and heckle people and sing a couple songs. I don't know. It was um, interesting. I forget who you said the cinematographer was, but I really did notice something that this time that I didn't notice when I previously watched the film is how much camera movement there is. And I mean that in a good way. I think it, it lent a certain dynamism to the film, but also certain restlessness that, that Rocky has. But there are many slow pans or slow push-ins. The camera felt like it was almost always moving. And I liked it. I noticed it early in the film, and I really liked how this was shot. Well, you tee me up perfectly because the iconic shot of Rocky running up the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum came about because of Steadicam inventor Garrett Brown. Brown, who was from Philadelphia, was getting ready to fly to Los Angeles to try to sell his newly invented Steadicam device. He had shot some test footage following people around corridors and from room to room, but he wanted to be able to shoot something that would that even the most experienced filmmakers would look and wonder how he did it. And he came up with the idea for his girlfriend to run up and down the museum steps while he followed her close behind. Using this footage, Brown sold the camera on his first day in Los Angeles and several months later, John G. 
Avilson, who was prepping Rocky, saw the footage and felt that a similar type of shot would be perfect for the film. As such, Advilson hired Brown with the Steadicam, and as Brown explained, several months after he had run up the steps filming his girlfriend, he was back running up the steps with filming Sylvester Stallone. And depending on where you look online, this is either the second or the third film that used a Steadicam. But what I find is interesting is in this film, that shot isn't the first, I don't think, use uh, that the audience sees a Steadicam in this film. That when Rocky walks the mouthy teen girl Marie home that first night, I'm pretty sure they shot that with the Steadicam too. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And in fact, I believe in the trivia, which I want to thank for the last bit of information that I just read about the Steadicam came from IMDb. And they also said that in that shot with Marie, you can hear the motor of the Steadicam. And that's interesting because, as I understand it, they're not motorized. So I'm not sure what sound they were picking up. I don't know either. I'm just telling you what I read. Yep. Also in cinematography, I did want to say, I didn't see it happen a whole lot, but I really did like how they used the reflection in a mirror that they shot, um, like Rocky looking at himself in his mirror. But then they later, they shot Adrian from a reflection in like the pet store. And I think you could even see like him in the background. So I thought that was kind of a a neat tie-in of those two characters. Did they do it again at Adrian's house i felt like it but i like, couldn't remember there, it exactly yeah i feel like there was a mirror above where her brother that like yeah where his his where picture his him in uniform was, was. Yeah. yeah so also from imdb they said most of the scenes of rocky shot through philadelphia were shot gorilla style with no permits no equipment no extras the shot where he runs past the moored boat, for example, the crew were simply driving by the docks and Advilson saw the boat and thought it would make a good visual. So he had Stallone simply get out of the van and run along. Is it a quay? A queue? Yeah, quay, I think is how I say it, okay. but it might be sound pronounced differently. I don't know if I've ever heard it. Um, while Advilson himself filmed from the side door. A similar story concerns... The famous shot where Rocky is jogging through the food market. And as he runs, the stallkeepers and the people on the sidewalks can clearly be seen looking at him with bemusement. While he works, while this works in the context of the film to suggest they're looking at Rocky, in reality, they had no idea why this man was running up and down the road being filmed from a van. (laughs) And during this scene, the famous shot where the stall owner throws Rocky an orange was completely improvised by the stall owner who had no idea that the movie was being filmed and that he would be in it. So release Schmelise. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the whole idea of guerrilla filmmaking in the past, I was trying to think of other than just they want money, why a jurisdiction would insist you get a permit to film. But with smartphones now, and as our friend proved on his feature, as well as Soderbergh, mm-hmm. you can shoot a feature on your iPhone yeah, and people are carrying it around. How, how would you even enforce that i guess not that guerrilla filmmaking was you know people didn't try to tackle that back in the day but it was so rare because you had to get a camera and film stock and you know all that and now it's in your pocket like so i'm curious if with the exception of ellie who wants to apparently tax 
<laughs> productions out of town, how would you even police that, mm-hmm. right? Evelton could say, I, no, I just have this camera and I have a van and my friend likes to run, mm-hmm. right? What are you going to do? Right, and it's a public area. So. Exactly. So as far as character development, basically, because definitely you see Adrian's arc, right? Because yeah. she's like mousy and quiet mm-hmm. and you know, shy, painfully shy almost. Right. Right. Yeah. And she ends up standing up for herself against her brother. She kind of, her, we see her appearance change a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. It does a little the, bit of this one turn. Yeah. But there's some, but as far as Rocky's character, he's trying to, you know, be recognized as a fighter. He wants to, you know, and so going up against Apollo Creed, he mm-hmm. kind of gets what he wants, but well, right. does he? Well, I think he, he gets to fight, but I, and he says, there's a line in dialogue and he says, nobody's gone 15 rounds with Creed. If I go 15 rounds, then, you know, I'm somebody, he didn't even want to win. And, and that was an interesting point that a lot of people are like, well, you know, you have no chance to win. He's like, that's not that's what not I'm what there I'm... for. And so that that even shows because when the fight is over, he hasn't even heard the decision or ha- or did they did they award it to Creed? I thought they showed it, but when we watched it this time, I don't think, I think you so. ever. You know, they don't. Yeah, they don't right. get to that part. And so before they even announce, he's yelling for Adrian because to him, right. that's who he wants. That's the he, prize. He that's, has won. Yes, in his yes, mind in by his just mind. taking a beating for fifteen rounds. Yeah. And he, and, and you could tell in the opening scene when we first meet Adrian, that he has been trying to get her attention for, and ever. not in a creepy yeah. way. It's like a sweet way. Cause he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go home and learn a joke. I'm going to come back and tell you a joke. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's like this really sweet way that he just keeps going back to the pet store and he buys, obviously does he love animals or was he just buying animals to be at the pet store? I would say it's both. Obviously, he's he's going back, but he wouldn't still have a goldfish if he didn't like animals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. So so he obviously had such a liking to her and had been trying to get her to, to give him some attention. Mm-hmm. And so by the end, now that she's moved in and she's his girlfriend, like you said, he's won. He went toe-to-toe with Apollo for all 15 rounds. 15 rounds is a lot. I don't believe they even do 15 round fights anymore. It's so long. Jeez. Wow. And he got the girl. So obviously if you haven't been in a boxing ring, you'll never really know. And I'm not a boxer, but I just think when we all think, okay, 15, three minute rounds, that's 45 minutes plus a minute in between each is, that's basically an hour. And people think, oh, well I could do, you know, jazzercise or uh, Zumba for an hour totally different ball no, game totally different um because every punch that is being thrown is with full force and you're being hit at full force mm-hmm. and it's interesting in the trivia they said that carl weathers ended up with a role because they wanted to have somebody and i thought it was even ken norton but like an actual professional boxer play apollo creed but he was so big that next to stallone who isn't that tall and you will note that he has wears some some pretty high heels in that film. It just it would look weird, like the the ratio is off. And then I think to myself, okay, how big is that other guy, and how scary is it that that guy could go fifteen rounds? 
I mean, imagine getting punched by a guy that big. I don't want to do it even Mm -mm. once. Mm -mm. But so the the physicality of that fight, it was kind of lost, I I felt like, on me as a kid, Mm -hmm. right? I didn't really have a sense of how grueling that would have been. And the fact that, and you know, his face is all swollen up because he got pummeled for an hour by somebody who's the best in the world at that time doing that. And it's just sweet because it's really just for his lady. Mm-hmm. I know this is such a love story. And I have to tell you, I've seen this movie, I'm sure, when I was like a teenager or something. I know I've seen this movie. Maybe I more remember two, three, four, or five, you know. And so I was stunned when we discovered that it really isn't a boxing movie, that it's a love story. And I guess even the story of a man after, you know, like a goal that he's right. trying to fulfill. I, I would say Rocky two is a cash grab. Rocky three is the pinnacle of the, the other films in the Rocky series with Mr. T uh-huh. uh, Rocky four with Yvonne Drago is also another cash grab. And I checked out at that point. I didn't watch the rest of the films. And isn't that one like such a political statement? Oh, of the it time? was very cold war. Yeah. Uh, America versus Russia. Yeah. But then when we were getting ready to watch this film, I was so happy because it is, in my opinion, an entirely different film than the rest of those in the series. Totally. It's a drama. It's about these characters. It's a guy that you can actually identify mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. right? He, and you're rooting for him when you yeah. see the apartment oh. that he lives in. When you see, I don't know, like, it's funny because I just looked at my notes and it says when first offering the job, Adelson turned it down because he wasn't interested. But then he read the script and on page three, reading about Rocky having the conversation with the turtles, he thought it was so charming. And he thought that this was an excellent character study and a beautiful Mm -hmm. love story. I agree about a guy who happens to be a boxer. Yeah. And it is to me so fascinating that it kind of that one little part of it, of that character which I think is not the most interesting part of Rocky Balboa as a character is the boxing to me. I, I, that wasn't really what I showed up for as a kid. Of course, I remembered more of that watching it this time again with adult eyes is it's all, you know, relative to your experience, such a good film. And we had previously talked about ET and I gotta say, I think I like Rocky more than ET. I think it's a better film. So it would be in your top 100. You know, I bet it would be. I really do, to be honest. And and I say that because I kind of consider Sylvester Stallone to be have become a bit of a caricature of himself over the years. And, you know, maybe he's laughing all the way to the bank. But part of me is a little bit melancholic because this is such a good film. I wish he had done more like this. Yeah, I was just thinking back to all those movies I said that he wrote and... None of them are really. They're fun in their own way. And you know Tango and Cash with Kurt Russell. And, and yeah, so but he Sloan. didn't write that one. He didn't. But I enjoy that part of it. But, you know, this is this is just such a different kind of film. It's so fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. The single most expensive cost on the film was makeup. Well, yeah, because I think at, at the time, <laughs> didn't, didn't the makeup people get nominated or win for the makeup? The, yeah. the boxing? Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> when I go over the yeah, awards. Right. Oh, sorry, spoil things. Um, 
And then uh, I thought it was funny. I pointed out to you, he points out a mistake on the poster for the last fight. (laughs) And the reason that they had to do that is because the production people who did it had the wrong Polaroid. And so they have him in red shorts with a white stripe. And in the last fight, he wears white shorts with a red stripe. And so they were, it was too expensive to reproduce the poster. So he just points that out. Actors were encouraged to provide their own props and wardrobe as a cost cutting measure. And so for instance, many of Adrian's wardrobe is actually Talia Shire's. I thought it was funny because the hat that Rocky wears, the black snap brim fedora and the leather coat came from a hand-me-down store. And they actually asked him not to wear the hat because they felt it was the same that Gene Hackman wore in The French Connection. And they didn't want him to look like Popeye Doyle, but Stallone fought hard. He wanted to wear the hat. When people talk about what, what is acting right? What is a good actor? I think an example of kind of the craft of it is speaking of, of keeping costs down, they had to do a reshoot, right? Because the ending didn't end up right. And so they had Talia Shire come back for that reaction shot where she comes in like through the tunnel and then she just stands there. Uh-huh. And in the movie it plays, you know, because of the, the sound and the editing, like she's there. But that was probably... Like a Tuesday a few, morning, yeah, and they brought back a few people, one actress, some camera people, and to be able to give that performance in a way that the editor can cut it in, right? That's a pro, right? To be able to do that without the 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 crowd and and without the guys in the ring and all that stuff, but to be able to deliver that performance. When I was younger, I don't think I appreciated her performance as well because the character is very quiet by design. And then, you know, Polly, I don't remember him being as big of a jerk as he was, right? I agree. So this film, right, that's interesting, but we talk about budget. I like the one little trivia that they were too cheap to afford a second turkey. So (laughs) for the scene where he throws a turkey out the door, they had a PA stand there to catch Catch it so they could put it back in the (laughs) oven for the next take. I know. And then in that one scene, he's eating off of like the leg or something. And I thought, oh, now when they put the bird back in the pan, they have to do it in a way that That's exactly what I'm thinking. (laughs) But, you you know, there are things that I notice that I don't think anyone else notices. I think that's fair to say. (laughs) But I, I, I was surprised that Rocky was very progressive because in 1976, they were supporting our our gay and lesbian community because in the gym locker room, there's a sign posted on a post that says no kissing in all caps. Are they supporting though then? It's a gentleman's locker room. Who's going to be kissing? I know, but they're saying don't do it. So, But they're acknowledging that gentlemen might kiss other gentlemen. I think that's pretty forward for 1976. I'm going to disagree with you. But what? Okay, I've been in a bunch of locker rooms and I've never seen a no kissing sign. I know, but so yes, we've gotten rid of them because it's not cool. Well, but if people want to kiss each other, we support that. We love love. So I, I'm just thinking, did nobody look around and say, 
uh, boss, there's a no kissing sign there. That makes no sense. It's like the guy with the eye patch in the front of the concert footage. <laughs> Nobody noticed. But so I, I like that. And so I don't know. Maybe I'm going to start putting no kissing signs up in, in no, place. You're not you allowed. know what I should do, actually, is a you smoochy, smoochy, smoochy sticker. Exactly. The exact opposite. You want everyone Okay, here's to- the thing. Sylvester Stallone, if he's listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> you're going to send him a sticker. I'll send you a smoochy, smoochy, <laughs> smoochy sticker. <laughs> we'll even upgrade him to a t-shirt oh heck yeah whatever it takes Sly <laughs> alright was there any head trauma in this film well yeah <laughs> the last 10 minutes of the film probably qualify as yeah, one long bit, bit of head trauma head trauma but I will say that there is a significant plot point early on is in his first fight he gets head butted a good old Glasgow kiss uh-huh. and I think again the layperson doesn't realize even though you're only supposed to hit with the padded gloves, that there are elbows and, and, and headbutts that get thrown a lot in the clinch that, you know, opens up a cut and it uh, knocks him silly. And so that was uh, an interesting, I noticed, I forgot that from watching a previous that the other guy kind of took a cheap shot on him. Right. Not only did his head get hurt, but during that final fight, Stallone suffered bruised ribs and Carl Weathers suffered nose damage and and other injuries when he was jogging through the streets like i was talking about earlier he actually pulled a tendon in his leg and was taken to a nearby hospital in a wheelbarrow well what about the van that the director was in to film him i I think you just dump him in the van right Right. we've already talked about that this is a love story so how many smoochies did uh, adrian and, and rocky get Smoochie, smoochie, smoochie. Well, so I, I made note of three. So Rocky kisses Adrian in his apartment after their first date. Then they kiss Av after he leaves a date where he'd come over to watch himself on TV. Oh. And then she tries to give him a smoochie when he's tired from training and he kind of puts her off. And how about a driving review? We've heard of a van, but I, right. was that one seen on screen? That wasn't. We did see Gazzo's car, a 1973 Cadillac Sedan Deville, excuse me, almost shouts, I'm a mobster. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so he, he wasn't undercover a whole lot. I noticed that there is the, the newspaper delivery truck, uh, according to the internet, that's uh, 1970 Grumman Olsen Curbmaster Jr., and there's something about that that looks like it would be fun to race. I wonder if there's a racing league for, for old trucks like that. And lastly, my question for folks is whether the 1974 Dodge Sportsman van is a period correct vehicle for WAUC-TV. At one point, it's like the news van that's there. And I was curious. I, I, I was not involved in the news in 74, so I don't really know if that's period correct or not. Not sure. All right. Shall we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. Okay. I've got some numbers for you. The actual Creed Balboa fight takes nine minutes of the 120 minute film. It was the highest grossing film of 1976. Talia Shire was so eager to break out of the shadow of her big brother, Francis Ford Coppola, that she jumped at the chance to play Adrian for a meager $7,500. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's adjusted to like 30K or something, I think. I know. I hope they gave her more after the fact. Probably not. 
So it was shot for just a little over a million. The producer's fees ran to 100,000 and the advertising costs came in at 4 million because we've talked about this a lot that oftentimes marketing is at least as much as the film and in this case a 4X. Sylvester was paid 1% of the gross for writing the film and 2% for starring in it. So this ultimately turned out to be a pretty sizable deal for him. It brought in domestically $117 million, worldwide $225 million. And so like that's a 225X of what they put into it. It gets an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Critics give it a 92%, while audiences are a little cooler at 69%. And like I said, it was two hours, rated PG. It's listed as a drama sport, but I would say drama love story. Yeah, I would too. I mean, there is a training montage, but I really think it's more, yeah, a, a romantic drama than it really is a sports movie. Yep. It's the first sports film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture. It won three Oscars that year for Best Picture, Best Director, and Film Editing. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, and Burgess Meredith and Burt Young were all nominated for an Oscar that year. It got some BAFTA noms and some Golden Globe noms. And Bill Conti, who wrote the infamous theme, was nominated for a Grammy that year. So we watched this on Max for free. So you too can enjoy Rocky if you would like. It would have been hilarious if we went and we couldn't find it. We had to watch Rocky 2 instead. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm so glad that didn't happen. Thank you, Max, for having Rocky yeah, thanks, in Max. your catalog. So now it's time to decide to choose what are we going to pick next to watch for next week. it was i think it was a suggestion from a fan but maybe it was on the list we'll find out yeah all right come back next week to hear us talk about it but never forget dodges never stop and neither do the movies thanks for listening to dodge movie podcast with christy and mike dodge of dodge media productions to find out more about this podcast and what we do go to dodgemediaproductions.com subscribe share Leave a comment and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop, and neither do the movies.